Hello, everyone. My name is Jason Stewart. I'm with the Exponential Team, and I'm excited for a conversation I'm going to have with two uh, kind of newer friends for me. Uh, but uh, th these are great friends, great leaders for the cause of multiplication, not only here in the States, but around the world. And uh, this is a book tour show on a new book we're releasing today through Exponential called Healthy Rhythms for Leaders. And so I've got the privilege to just jump in a conversation today with Winfield Bevins and Mark Dunwoody, who are the authors. And uh, so I want to just pull them in now um, and let them introduce themselves and uh, just hear more about their stories. And then I'm just going to um, guide us through some um, dialogue about uh, the book and how it impacts leaders today, <clears throat> an incredibly important topic. So Winfield, jump on in. We're glad to see you today. Hey, Winfield. Hey, Jason. It's great to be here with you. And we're excited to publish the book with Exponential. Um, so a little bit about me. I serve as director of church planning at Asbury Seminary and um, Asbury is, you know, I kind of described it as a global seminary. We've, you know, we've got alumni from all around the world since I've been here over the last few years. You know, we've worked with, you know, personally worked with leaders in 20 plus nations. Um, so we're doing a lot of kind of global interaction. And so this topic of um, kind of helping leaders thrive in challenging times is something that's really personal to both of us. Um, the book kind of came out of our friendship. And so Mark and I have been friends. We've we've trained leaders in four different countries together. And this has kind of been an emerging journey that kind of came out of our friendship. I describe, you know, it's, uh, you know, Mark's a crazy Irishman and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm zany American, but we, it, it, it really has a global perspective and it's a heart for leaders, um, you know, that we've worked with in a variety of contexts. So that's a little bit about me, a little bit about um, the work that I do with training leaders, um, coaching leaders, um, pastors, church planners, and, and kind of an emerging global context. Yeah. Thank you, Winfield. And, um, you know, at Exponential, we're honored to publish, I think, the, this third book that you've uh, distributed through Exponential. So excited uh, for this. And then I um, want to say hello and bring in Mark Dunwoody. Mark, you're um, on the other side of the pond, as we like to say. So uh, introduce yourself to our audience. And man, glad to be in this conversation with you. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much. I like to echo what Winfield has said. We're just so grateful for Exponential and the, and the journey of working with us uh, on this book. And uh, yeah, I'm in Ireland at the moment. I've lived and worked in five different countries and different places in the world. And really, uh, this book is about, and my heart's about, really trying to healthy rhythms for for leaders to help them thrive. It's quite an easy, it's quite an easy sell. You know the why of it, yes. However, I'm just fascinated to be jumping into the how, and that's what um, the book is really. Uh, we're two practical people. We're two practical folks who worked in many different contexts, mm. and we really love people. And we like being with people. So, um, so last year we found that Missional Formation Coaching as an organisation and entity, and uh, I work at that now full time. And like everyone else, when the pandemic struck, things changed in my life, and I, I we just made a decision just to move back to Ireland after being away for twenty years, and just. Yeah, start again and try something new. So that's me. 
Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you. And I think we're just going to be fascinated for the conversation just to listen to your accent, because as Americans, we always get jealous of a, a good Irish accent, right? So, no. Um, but uh, I guess, you know, always a good place to start, um, especially with you guys, you've put a lot of work and energy into into this book is kind of the why question is, is um, why did you write this book? Why now? Um, really, uh, you know, what and, and what are you hoping it accomplishes? Um, so, Mark, I'll, I'll kind of let you jump into that question. Yeah, yeah, I'll answer it with a story that can be found at the start of the book. We both we both love living beside the ocean. Um, I like to make fun of Lamfield by reminding him that I'm back beside the ocean. He yearns to be beside the ocean. So we love the ocean. And yeah. we both, Lamfield live in, in the, the sandbanks in Carolinas, and I've lived in Ireland. So we both experience these big storms that you get when you live beside the sea and the ocean. And after a storm, when you go back to, to the beach, um, we, just, we just love the analogy instead of looking for the destruction and the chaos of us after a storm, what would it look like to look for a new beach? And that's the premise of, of our book and who we are, is really to help people to look for this new beach in their lives, especially in a time where the world has changed. And we can see that the world was changing quickly anyway because of the internet. Um, and if we go back to another time when the printing press was born and it took hundreds of years to disrupt the world with the printing press, it took decades to disrupt the world with the internet. So we're all living in challenging times. Every, every part of our lives and every part of um, who we are is being disrupted. And in that, we're, we live in a sense of uncertainty. So we, we really wanted to write a book to help people explore well, what, what would a sense of certainty look like coming from um, looking at the life of Jesus, looking at scripture, looking at the history of the church, and then look at some new ways of 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 uh, having tools for to be a leader in today's world. Great, Mark Winfield. What I mean, kind of add to what Mark's saying of why maybe for you personally, why you've given your energy yeah. uh, to creating this book, and I know it connects to a bigger dream and goal that you and Mark have. Yeah. So I'd love for you to talk about that too. Yeah, I mean, so I think the other thing to say is like we're we're planters, you know, I've been a pastor and a church planner for my whole adult life and um I've seen leaders burn out. Um I've seen um the scars and the wounds that oftentimes leaders have. Um and you know, statistics, I mean, gosh, this past year so many leaders have burned out, left ministry, given up on the church. And what was fascinating, this was on our hearts kind of pre-pandemic. You know, it could look like, oh, they just wrote this book because of the pandemic. This really comes out of decades of passion and experience and working with leaders um, with boots on the ground. And this isn't theory. This is stuff that we've um, have, have developed. We've been working with leaders doing this. And I feel like providentially more than ever, um, this is one of the critical issues facing the church is how do we support pastors, leaders, Christian leaders on the front line, whether, you know, whether they be hospital workers, doctors, you know, uh, you know, people who are, you know, how do we come alongside and help leaders develop healthy rhythms in their life? And so, 
you know, just a real quick story. Uh, when I was in our plant, um, I was about five years into our church plant in Outer Banks. And um, this was, gosh, 15 years ago. Um, a, a planter, same age, family, same age. Um, uh, his children were the same age as my children. Had just gone multi-site, came home one Sunday and committed suicide. And I just remember that just rocked me. Uh, how, how, how did it come to that? Um, how did this leader who was successful by all kind of, you know, the outward standards come to this point where he felt like he um, couldn't go on anymore? And that kind of sent me down a personal road of just studying health and longevity for leaders, pastors, and church planters. And so in many ways, this book, um, what's unusual is it's the fruit of Mark and I's relationship. Uh, but even more than that, it's the fruit of our kind of co-passion to support and to come alongside and help leaders thrive in challenging um, contexts. Great. Thank you, Winfield. And so, you know, you guys really pull out three kind of core elements through the book um, and it really to help from kind of on three levels of where leaders, because it seems like you're, you're, I mean, as you've talked about, you're really targeting um, leader, as you said, Winfield, leaders on the front lines of ministry. And um, what I appreciate about this book, it's, it's connecting what uh, an important conversation that's happening, I think, in the as I see in in churches and church leadership around spiritual formation, but you guys are really trying to connect spiritual formation around the leader on the front lines as you said, can engaged in the mission. So, um, so how you know describe the three elements of the book and how it it helps uh, leaders calibrate not just spiritual formation but mission at the same time. Yeah, I think that's. Um, I'll let Mark speak to this here in a moment as well. But I think our real heart is, again, this isn't just go into a monastery somewhere and kind of leave the world. We're, we're saying we're trying to connect spiritual formation and mission. And I think that's really unique about what we've done here. And just in developing the missional formation, you know, we call it MFC. Our whole process is developing healthy rhythms that connect spiritual formation and kind of missional practices for leaders that are really on the front line. And so, kind of the three big blocks that the book kind of revolves around is one is kind of the kind of the personal spiritual formation of a leader, kind of the leader's life, um, developing um, leadership rhythms, and this whole idea of rhythms and patterns that practices that we kind of develop. Mm -hmm. And then kind of the third part of the journey is kind of developing coaching rhythms to help kind of equip leaders to coach and mentor others in the way that they themselves have found because, uh, you know, it begins with us, um, but we have to create a, a coaching culture or a culture of health within our organization, whether, again, whether you're leading a nonprofit or a church, the health of a leader is going to impact the organization. And so we kind of, the book kind of follows that the journey, if you will, where it begins with us following Jesus, our own kind of going deeper with Christ, um, growing as a leader, and then kind of how do we lead change in our organization or church? How do we how do we shepherd others um, in this way? And so we kind of offer a framework 
to be able to multiply, kind of use uh, exponentials language. How do how do we multiply these healthy rhythms? How do we how do we get it into the ecosystem of our organizations? And so I, I like that language of ecosystem, creating a healthy culture, a coaching culture around kind of these rhythms of spiritual and missional formation. Mark, I don't know if you want to speak into that as well. Yeah, I love it. I mean, just to tell you a wee story. We went to, to Linda's farm a few years ago. It's a part of a pilgrimage in, in, in northeast England. It's this really small island where um, they had a monastery that was very important to the re-evangelization of, of Europe. It was just after the Roman Empire collapsed. And Winfield and I are sitting there tired. We're sitting in the rocks beside the sea and we noticed the, the tide and the waves going in and out. And we just thought about the that sense of ebb and flow at that, that island, which has became a pilgrimage place for people from all over the world. And we thought about this, we write in the book about the ebb and flow of our lives and, and connecting our missional practice with our spirit, sorry, our spiritual practice with our missional practice by inhaling um, God and exhaling mission and how those two things have to be in balance with each other. And, and most people, if you're watching this, you probably think, well, yeah, I'm there. You understand the why, why it's important. So the book really dives into the how, and we look at how um, the church through hundreds of years um, developed spiritual rhythms that, that were helped to cultivate soul care through um, an ebb and flow rule of life and practicing spiritual reflection. And then we also have included tools for navigating these times in the 21st century of uh, such things as design thinking and how you can guide others, as, as Winfield has said, through, through coaching. And lastly, we, we've written the book so it will be a framework for, for you to tend to both to the inner life of your soul, but also to help you be a spiritual guide for the others that you lead. So you, you have a sense of multiplication through that sense of inhaling God an exhaling mission. And, and it's our heart and our prayer that, that that type of culture embeds itself in the church. Wow. So, uh, uh, well, I want to welcome everyone again. If you're just joining us, we have the privilege of talking to authors Winfield Bevins and Mark Dunwoody. Uh, we have the privilege of releasing their new book today um, called Healthy rhythms for leaders and really with the big idea of helping leaders thrive in obviously um, chaotic times like we find ourselves in, but not just all the time that cultivating soul care in uncertain times. Um, so leaders can be spiritually formed, but also missionally engaged. And, um, you know, Mark and Winfield, I love this Something that I identify with that you kind of, a little acronym you put in the book, uh, SAD, S-A-D-D, Spiritual Attention Deficit Disorder. I think that's something, um, especially as leaders, like we're talking to leaders, this, you've written this book for leaders, and um, and a mindset often as leaders is it's getting things done in a quick pace and moving big ideas and big initiatives forward quickly. And so I think probably all of us on um, who are listening right now can identify with this idea of spiritual attention deficit disorder. Um, so I 
I can feel the tension of that. But then when I hear you guys talk about this ebb and flow aspect, and I love Mark when you said, inhale God and exhale mission. That, I mean, that just, my posture already just kind of, you know, I exhale a little bit and feel just, you know, the need um, for what you're describing um, and how it can impact a leader's life. So I'd love for, for you guys, maybe Mark, if you want to take this first is the, the first part of the ebb and flow, these rhythms for going deep with Christ as a leader, just personal rhythms. Um, what, what does that look like? I mean, in, a, in, in what you guys do with coaching and your missional formational coaching, what are the practical rhythms that you have found uh, that impact leaders the best? I mean, what, like if I'm coming to you and say, what do I do? I, I feel this aspect of spiritual attention deficit disorder. I, I feel the edge of burnout. Um, uh, how, how are you going to help me recalibrate life into the, into ebb and flow? Yeah. Well, if you ask, if you ask an Irish person the question, they always give you a story. <laughs> Great. Um, you know what? It really starts from the premise of, of you actually believing some of the stuff that you tell other people, that you're actually created to bring something new to the world. We are all created to bring something to the world and something. And we bring something new to the world every day for good or bad. We just do for who we are. So we, we believe um, it starts through Jesus. It starts through scripture and reflecting who you are through those two lenses. And uh, really, you know, if you if we're a, if you were born and you were held by a seventy year old, and you live to be seventy and, and hold a child when you're seventy, a newborn child, you've influenced the world for two hundred years. You know, your presence is influenced. So it goes beyond who you think you are, how little you influence the world, and a lot of the world and the noise of the digital age tries to take away from the importance of who you are to influence the world through God's purposes. So it starts with that. It's really trying to, you know, if you're talking to us, if you read the book, it really dives into to try and make you believe the stuff that you, that you are good enough, that you are bringing something new to the world. And then from that reflection, you start to reflect on what you are bringing through, um, through personal rhythms, such as um, spiritual breathing, where we really dive into this idea of inhaling God and, and exhaling mission. What those practices are in healing and what those practices look like in, in exhaling. So we call it spiritual breathing. We also have a, a tool called developing a rule of life. Some people from a more sacramental background might already know about that. A rule of life is amazing. And it came from St. Ignatius from hundreds of years ago, who, mm -hmm. who was he was a knight, a knight in a battle and he was wounded after a battle and he was lying in this castle recovering and he liked to read and he couldn't find anything to read because he, he loved adventure stories and there was nothing. All he could find was the scriptures and from the scriptures he was so enthused that he developed something called, we call the rule of life which really looks at your, your daily, your monthly and your yearly practices and mm -hmm. getting rhythm where you actually um, make, can start a framework for who you are for your spiritual life and um, for, for it to grow. And then also then just the, the art of spiritual reflection, you know, just 
trying to reflect spiritually in your life through Jesus, through Scripture, through your relationships, uh, just those personal rhythms. And what they do is those personal rhythms set you up to be a more balanced person, to help you reflect on Jesus, to help you reflect on Scripture, and also to help you to reflect on what the church has learned about the same questions that you're asking in your life of the last 2,000 years. And then from that, we would hope, and our dream is that your purpose and your your exhaling of mission and who you are comes from that sense of of your your identity in Christ, and that's mm-hmm. that's what you bring through that, mm-hmm. and it becomes more of your possession or your title or your job or whatever it is it becomes who you are. It becomes very deeper, a deeper sense of who you are. Yeah. That's great, Mark. And I want to encourage the audience, um, if you're listening now, as we're on this live discussion, go ahead and throw your questions in chat for Mark and Winfield. We'd love to include that at your questions in the conversation. Um, and Winfield, just kind of building on what Mark was saying, and as you, as your the book um, helps leaders around their own personal rhythms, how, how do you guys in your writing, help leaders in their leadership rhythms. Um, I know that's kind of the second big bucket of the book. Um, How do you help pull people in and develop healthy rhythms um, in their leadership, not just in their personal life? Winfield, are you? We might have lost Winfield. Mark, I'm going to let let you kind of pick up that question. Um, Kind of, yeah, build on. So you've talked through the ebb and flow and some of the practical um, cultivating spiritual reflection. And that's something, you know, um, that I've been trying to grow in myself for the last several years and have a friend kind of coaching me through that. Um, And in my Western ways, that is a hard thing. practice and habit to begin to build. And so I know, you know, through the tool of examining things that you guys write about in the book are helpful practices, but then you try to help uh, leaders take that, not just from their own personal ebb and flow life, but even into how that impacts their day-to-day leading their their local church, their church plant. Maybe I know you're working with leaders across the world who are leading movements and networks. So what's these practices look like? in the life of a leader. Yeah, I love it. I mean, we just love this stuff and we love reflecting on it. You know, in different ages of the church, in different ages of Christian leadership, we can't help but not be part of the culture and the way the world operates. And at the moment we see with the digital age, we have moved from a more industrial process of way of thinking of church, of education, Mm -hmm. of of how we live our lives to to a relationship. We, We... we participate with companies, with churches, with friends through relationship and these networks. So relationship is very key. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's that understanding that um, we need to be in relationship with others and really care enough about them as we lead them. Uh, and that, that's, that's the crux of what we try to get into in the, in the, in the second part in leadership. And really we look at... Um, some leadership essentials for today and what, uh, what, what, what is important essentials for us to have as part of our leadership kit. And we have a list of them. And then we also look at, we are in a new time. And in each new time, the church has always called for a new mission imagination. The story says, in the story of Jesus, the story of scripture, it's there forever. Yet the, 
the imagination of the people changes. So we use, we talk people through design thinking mm-hmm. and uh, we use that lens of design thinking, which now is, is really uh, prevalent in, in most, you know, organizations. And it's starting to really um, be embedded in church structures. And design thinking starts with having empathy for your context. You know, what does God care about in your neighborhood? What's God, where is God already showing up? And how then can you lead out in, into that? And how can you lead others with that into that context? So, so, so we have leadership essentials and we have then a firm tool of design thinking. And even from design thinking, we actually have a design thinking course on our website now where we have church planners, entrepreneurs, um, all types of people taking them. And just last thing I know was about leadership now, a lot of Christian leadership, it's being disrupted in a way that's fascinating. So we see a lot of Christian leaders um, being entrepreneurs now, starting their own businesses. Um, and, and again, it goes back to that, what are you called to bring to the world? So we have entrepreneurs, um, Christian leaders here, who are deciding, yeah, well, I'm going to lead from using my imagination, which I see through scripture and through the history of the church, that I just want to bring something new to the world and then use a lens of empathy to try and build a cause around that and make a difference to, to the stuff that breaks God's heart. So Mark, one of uh, our listeners, uh, you know, great question, just how, how the applications of these practices in your own life have sustained you and carried you through challenging times. I mean, you, and even feel free to pull out any stories from your own experience of whether it's, you know, we've kind of unpacked two of the three levels of um, rhythms for just personal life and then lo- and the rhythms for leadership, like you were just pulling out. So what are the, the, what are some of the practices, whether it's, you know, you guys have in the book or are outside the book that have really sustained and carried you through times like we're experiencing? Yeah, I, I think sometimes when you when you go through challenging times, it's useful to, to go macro, to go big and to look at scripture and see what happened there. I've, uh, I've led in a few different projects, one of them in England was a a knife crime project. A lot of kids were getting caught on gang violence. A few Christian leaders came to me and said, we want to do something. So I I said, go back and look at scripture and see who cared about the same things as you did. Um, And it it sounds a very basic thing, but going to scripture and seeing who cared about the same things you care about with challenges is a really great foundation to have. Because these people have the same feelings, thoughts, needs, wants as we have today. Um, and and that, that gives me encouragement. I also mentioned in the book about Northern Ireland. We had a 30-year conflict where every night, you know, there was bad news. Someone had got killed. Someone was, had been blown up by a bomb. So there wasn't a great amount of hope. And I remember watching this news item when I was a child of these little ladies Older ladies who walked in Belfast to pray in a church once a week for peace. Now, you could not meet anyone in the country who would believe that there would be peace. And yet there was. Yet those ladies believed that before there was, if that makes sense, because of their faith. Their faith convicted them to have a realistic hope. So the church has always been through pandemics. 
The church has always been through wars, but, but we have so much to learn. One, by looking at scripture. Two, by looking at the church, the history of our church. And three, by, by really looking at the things that matter to the people that we know, to our families, to our neighbours, and, and trying to respond with a sense of hope. In our book, we talk about realistic hope, where we can think sometimes that things are always bad, but they're always good. However, there is a promise in Scripture that Jesus is always the same, you know, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So we can respond not out of naivety, uh, but also with, with just a realistic hope that we can um, we can join in with what God's already doing in our neighborhood. That's great, Mark. Thank you. Winfield, you're, you're back with us. That's great. Yeah, I have no idea what happened. Mark. Yeah. So, so we're kind of, um, I have one, a question from one of the listeners and, yep. and let you kind of uh, give your own reflections on this question too, of just, you know, how have the applications of the practices uh, that you and Mark write about in the book, what are the, maybe a specific practice or two that's helping you in this season of life that has helped sustain and carry you? I know as I mean, we're all experiencing different challenges, you know, and even maybe a story to, from your own experience on that, just kind of practically uh, a practice that you're finding that sustains you yeah. during this time. Yeah, I think um, one of the things we talk about is um, just the art of spiritual reflections, because, you know, it's so easy as a leader to our world is outwardly focused. You know, we're leading others, we're leading organizations and churches. And so it's so easy to um, be so outwardly focused that we don't focus inwardly and um we become responsive rather than reflective. And we see in the life and the ministry of Jesus is that Jesus taught and lived a deeply reflective life and the power of pausing, the power of rest and stillness. And I think, I think what the world needs now more than ever are leaders that are um, reflecting before they're responding. You know, um, and so I think that's something that's really critical in today's world is we need more reflective leaders that aren't just kind of doing things. They're actually doing things out of a deep place of rest and they're responding out of a place of God's presence. And um, I think the other thing why this is so important is again, this whole idea of rhythms is, you know, Mark mentioned at the very beginning, but you know, both, you know, I lived on an Island. We planted a church in the Outer Banks, Carolinas. We, you know, I'm a surfer. We lived there for 10 years and prior to coming to Asbury. And, you know, what happens is when a storm comes through, it just completely wipes out the beach and it creates a new beach. And one of the things that has happened over this past year is whatever rhythms you had before that sustained you in ministry off for so many people and even again, classic, you know, rather than us being in person and, you know, call like, you know, I'm on Zoom, my Zoom goes down. So I just jump in my car and drive to my office. <laughs> you know, wow. we, we've all got these new rhythms. And I think being reflective about what, what healthy rhythms look for us right now. And that's one of the things we begin the book with helping leaders think through. We want to help you think through what, are, what do healthy rhythms look like for you right now in the season of life and ministry? And how is that sustainable? Yeah. One, 
one planter, you know, I coach, I work with group coaching, you know, we do this, we integrate these things in our missional formation coaching. You know, one young um, Hispanic Latino leader in Boston, you know, he's like, he's like, man, that was the biggest challenge for him. And when COVID hit was, you know, he described his kids, he's working from home. And one new rhythm for him was getting up at eight in the morning and saying, all right, kids, daddy's going to work getting in a car, driving down the street, turning around and coming back home and then going back in the, you know, uh, you know, going back in the bedroom, shutting the door and doing his work. He had to literally have a rhythm to kind of separate and say, okay, I'm going to work, but I'm coming back. And I think just finding these new healthy rhythms is one of the things we really, uh, that's where we want, really want to help leaders, you know, is what, are, what rhythms do you need um, to establish in your life for health and longevity? Um, in this season yeah I, I just loved I love all that you know and then really just on the you know the practical outflowing of the how you know it, it's sometimes it's it's framing those challenges as opportunities you know it's putting a question mark after them and I, I think all the Winfield is talking about you know if you look after your inner life you're better able to frame these challenges you know um, you know what is what is the problem you're trying to work on? Um, and, and also, you know, I'll tell you another story. There's this, I went years ago to a seminary in Dublin uh, to speak to a group of uh, trainee pastors. And I was outside and there's this older guy and he was standing, he was having a cigarette. And he was a pastor. And I said, uh, you know, what are you here for? He says, I'm here to speak to the, the trainees, grand. And we went up and he was a very dry, he had a very dry sense of humor from Belfast, really dry. So the trainee pastors were asking him all these idealistic questions. And uh, one of them said, what do you think is the most important role of a pastor? And this guy, who you say was, was up in years, he said, to smash people's dreams. He says, that's all I do, I smash people's dreams. If anybody comes to me with a dream, I tell them, it's not big enough. God wants you to have a bigger dream. And the practicality and the application of his, what he did was he was in Belfast during some of the worst of the troubles where um, mothers would come to him and say, could we get a doctor that would come once a week and just look at our kids because we have no surgeries or no doctor clinics? Or could we, could we get a small school? And he would go, no, you're going to have the best school in Ireland, you know, no, you're going to have the best doctor and doctor surgery in Ireland, you're going to have the best hospital. So he would smash people's dreams because he said that the kingdom's here and he knows that the kingdom's here and I'm going to keep smashing people's dreams to help them dream bigger dreams. And I think that's a real, that's a real practical application we can have to leadership, you know, and especially in times of fear where there's so much fear and tension and anxiety, you know, to have leaders that will either smash other people's dreams and have big, um, big God dreams. So we're here again with Winfield Bevins and Mark Dunwoody, authors of the new book, Thriving or Healthy Practices for Leaders and uh, to help leaders thrive. So, uh, you know, the third aspect that Winfield, Mark, you guys write about our communal rhythms. Um, Winfield, you mentioned earlier, kind of an ecosystem. We talk a lot about having a culture. So, 
you know, interested in you guys highlighting just a, a little bit. And this will set up, we've had two questions come in from our listeners that I think connect to this third part of your book on building an ecosystem of culture of communal rhythms for, for healthy leadership, healthy mission engagement. So um, what what's the key takeaway? And uh, I think maybe a key practice that you write about in, in this third part of the book. And then I'll follow that with the questions from our audience that um, to go further into this. Yeah, that's good. Um, you want Mark or I to lead or? <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Winfield. I'll let you go first. Yeah, I think um, what we do is unique. Again, we you know, we got to kind of explain what we mean by coaching. And I think that might be what some of the listeners are thinking, traditional coaching, you know, professional life coaching, you know, um, you know, many of us have been trained in some form of whether it was secular or pastoral or church planning coaching. What, what Mark and I have done that is unique is that we're bringing together, again, the spiritual formation and the missional practices. And so what we've done is we've taken um, kind of say some, you know, we've kind of merged or married kind of traditional leadership coaching with spiritual formation and spiritual direction. And again, one of the, one of the pieces to this is, is, is sitting with people with the art of spiritual reflection, praying with them and helping them discover the answers to the problems that are before them. And so in doing that, in the latter part of this book, we actually walk through to help leaders kind of uh, think through how they can actually be formational coaches, how they can help coach others in the healthy rhythm. So the first part of the book is really kind of the spiritual, uh, personal rhythms in the life of a leader. Then there are kind of core leadership dynamics. And then this latter part, really trying to equip you to um, think through how you can actually help others in organizations, again, whether it's a church or a nonprofit, to be able to coach others in the way, to guide others in the way it's kind of the language we use. Um, and we found this has been really helpful because that's where the real change occurs, Jason, as oftentimes leaders will experience something, but they don't have a model or a framework to be able to replicate that um, with others. So in some ways, there is a part of it that is an aspect or dimension of discipleship, but it's equipping with tools to, again, sit with others, kind of to develop these reflective practices. Um, in some cases, there are elements of, you know, good coaching is good coaching and that good coaching, you know, has a listening component. Um, kind of we, you know, we walk through this kind of paradigm of, you know, there's praying, um, there's listening there's asking deep, thought-provoking questions, and then there's reflecting um, and then responding. And so we kind of work through this paradigm um, in that latter part, really to equip others to be able to kind of multiply and try to kind of replicate that with leaders that they're working with. Mark, I know in this third section, you guys, uh, you use a, a practice, a tool, or an experience of what you call soul care groups. To, to build in this culture ecosystem of uh, healthy rhythms, healthy practices. So, you know, describe what what that aspect, what what it is of a soul care group, how you're seeing that impact um, ministries and organizations. Um, just paint the picture of what a soul care group is and how it helps 
you develop healthy rhythms in a in an ecosystem, in a church, in a culture. Yeah, soul care group is really a small group of people that really just meet every so often and ask how your soul is. You know, and instead of we live in a world where we're we're motivated to to do to do to do, a soul care group really is motivating to who you're being, and uh, and we we lay out. Uh, a wee framework for it where you know just a conversation of of how how's your soul how you doing what's good in your life what's not so good and having people there on a regular basis that can show up in your life is such an important tool and again we see it it's not something new we see it through scripture we see it through history we see what wesley did with the movement of through the band movement so we're, we're in a different age. However, those still, those, those needs that we have as human beings to actually be recognized and be heard and, and, and walk with others is so, is so crucial today. So, we, so the, the soul care group method, methodology is actually very simple because psychologically simple things work for us all. You know, if we have simple patterns, we can make them work. Um, and it's a way of people coming together and, uh, intentionally as well you know really intentionally to say well how's your soul how are you doing and and our our hearts is from that then that then people would be able to better thrive because they're asking different questions about themselves than maybe the world would ask them um, thank you mark and um want to remind folks and we'll do this at the end as well we have a couple of a uh, few more questions that have come in we want to get to from our listeners that um, as we talk with Winfield and Mark about their new book that's releasing today, Healthy Rhythms for Leaders, you can get that today, a, a digital download or purchase it for print on Amazon. But the easiest place to go is exponential.org slash healthy rhythms to find that. Um, and we'll uh, mention that again at the end of the show. Um, but uh, so a pre- some pretty um, specific uh, in the details questions we've got from some of our listeners of just, uh, it seems like as they're thinking through uh, Winfield and Mark, some of the, the discussion today. So Winfield, I'll let you take this one first. Is, um, the question is thoughts on customized or individualized practices along the lines of AJ Sherrill's thoughts on downstream upstream practices per Enneagram types. Um, and they just mentioned not trying to focus on the Enneagram, but on helping people discover practices that best connect them with God and others in formational community. So do you have some thoughts there? Just, you know, the big question is customize or individualized practices to help in spiritual formation. Yeah, no, that's good. Actually, AJ is a good friend. He endorsed the book. Um, actually endorsed his Enneagram book. So mm-hmm. uh, good question. I think that's kind of what we, we do in the first part is think of it like tools in a toolbox, and, um, you know, there are different tools that you need at different times. And, you know, this idea of ebb and flow, that, you know, that's really our first chapter. We kind of call it spiritual breathing. You know, we really get into introducing, you know, you, the reader, to a variety of practices that we found helpful that we've also have seen have been very helpful for leaders. We see this in the life of Jesus, um, you know. Um, as, as well in terms of Jesus did the miracles, but he also kind of often disappeared and kind of went away to be with the father. And so we feel like that a lot of these practices, that ebb and flow rule of life, um, 
really, these are developing healthy rhythms. What is what is a, a new pattern of rhythms in your life look like? And so we really try to kind of lay out some frameworks that are contextual um, for the person that, again, if you're into the Enneagram, uh, maybe that'll help you. We even quote, um, you know, tried to be a little cheeky, I guess, kind of use the British term, but, you know, we talk about um, St. Benedict meets uh, Brene Brown, <laughs> you know, how, how like, uh, you know, your, your personal values meets your rule of life, in other words, um, in a way that for the life of the leader. And so we really kind of get into some of those things that hopefully will help you regardless of what your leadership type is, what your personality type is. Uh, we really feel like, again, you, you, you see, even on this call today, Mark and I are radically different, but we're best friends. You know, we literally talk every day, you know, through FaceTime, which is amazing, the technology. He's in Ireland. And again, he's always sending me pictures of the ocean. I'm like, stop doing it because you know, I'm, I'm inland here in Kentucky. And I, I think that's the beautiful thing about what we're talking about is this isn't a particular type of pastor, leader, church planner, or personality type. We, we really believe and have seen that the stuff that we're talking about is applicable for really all of us, wherever we are. And we want to help you think through how do you develop these rhythms that actually work for you? So I guess in a long answer is the book isn't a one size fits all cookie cutter approach. It's really helping people think about a broad framework and then developing rhythms that really work for you. Well, I want to encourage people to continue to send in questions, just put them there in chat that we can allow Mark and Winfield to interact with. Um, Mark, we have a, another question, I think, um, again, gets very practical um, to help our listeners just develop these healthy rhythms and um, in their in their life and in their churches. The question is, as laity who's involved in multiple areas of church life, how do I best help clergy? I believe firmly we need a thriving clergy, but also a laity on fire for Jesus. My thoughts are, as you said, it all begins with Jesus as found within Scripture. So, um, how how can you encourage? How does even um, what you and Winfield write about in the book uh, help laity engage and support what the leaders in their church are um, engaged with and leading and, and advancing the mission of their local context? Yeah, I mean that's a. That's a beautiful question. That's something that I've been asked a lot over the years, and it's something I care about. I'm not actually ordained, so I can speak to it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Where I think um, clergy are so important to our society, to our world, they really are. And can you imagine what our society would st start to look like if we didn't have pastors and people, Christian leaders? Um, so we need these people. We need. We need everybody, especially clergy, to walk through life with people. And especially, you know, that, that lovely element of having someone in your life that knows your family and, and cares about your, your neighbourhood and your context. And so I think there's, there's a couple of practical things that I just see that has really helped in my experience is that clergy, you know, we need to get rid of the hierarchy structures. They just don't work. They were, they were all the time, um, you know, when we see through a few hundred years of reductionism, you know, we were just things to hear and there, this and that, um, and it had to be, you know, this or that. Now it's and. So clergy, um, clergy are thriving or are reducing that hierarchical 
posture of leadership and actually being more collaborative leaders. As I said before, we're in an age where we manage knowledge, you know. So as lead, you lead people's you're leading people through their knowledge. And as Winfield's just talked about their values, and you will come come around and you will um, work together out of those values and, and that passion and through that relationship of a participatory experience, rather than even than, a, you know, we had, a, we had an established church for hundreds of years where you come to church, this is God. Then we had a corporate church, which had a mission committee and all that. Now we, we're living in a participatory age. So, Enabling clergy to participate in life um, as being equal members is so important. The other side of the coin, I think, for for lay is to take responsibility. You know, to, to have a sense of being being in it with the clergy and supporting them, and uh, in all the ways that the church would work. And just lastly, just you know, just cherishing master. Seriously, just we see that so many pastors, clergy, whatever words you want to use, people that feel they're, they're called to be in that position, really struggle with a lot of stuff. So having a bit of love for them, a bit of empathy, making sure they're okay um, is, is half the battle. Yeah. So um, when Phil Mark was kind of unpacking, you know, looking at how can laity support clergy, but so kind of a um, a different or jumping on the other side of that is what are some healthy rhythms for church staff to you know that can uh, that they can practice to avoid burnout you you told the story earlier about just when you were faced with the the weight of burnout and seeing it in other um, leaders lives around you I know you're working with a lot of pastors and church staff. So what are some practices that you would recommend or maybe even tell a story or two that you've seen this practically play out in some of your guys coaching? Yeah, that's great. I think again, back to that idea of reflection, what I've, what I've discovered is most pastors, leaders, staff teams are not reflective. They're not reflecting together. Mm-hmm. When I say reflection, this isn't like abstraction, you know, this is actual, this, pausing to stop and you know and we, we walk through this it, it draws from a discipline practical theology where it asks the question you know what is going on here what's going on in our lives you apply it to your life the church the context the world what's going on why is it going on what ought to be going on and then what should we do to how do we respond to this and i think um giving teams and we, we get into some of this a framework to sit together and to reflect together as a leadership team. And I think the earlier questions actually connected to this as well. And I think that's the other fun thing is, you know, Mark's a lay person. I'm an ordained, you know, I am an ordained clergy. And so we kind of wrote this from those kind of dual perspectives where we kind of see um, this as, again, not just the leader kind of sitting on a, you know, a, a, a pyramid at the top, but really this is a, a paradigm to create a, a healthy um, framework for a church or an organization. And so I think part of it is just building into the staff, the church, you know, um, you know, we, we have groups of, you know, we have one church staff under Mark's working with where the, the entire staff is going through the coaching training together because they want this into the ecosystem. We're working with networks um, and denomination, particular, um, you know, regional 
groups that are sending leaders through together to kind of create this as a healthy ecosystem. So I think if we can reflect together, if we can have regular times to pause, to pray, that soul group or the soul care model, I think what's brilliant about that is really we're talking about micro discipleship. It's not just one-on-one, but these are small, you know, groups of individuals that are gathering together, breaking out and kind of regular um, check-ins, you know, the, the soul care groups begin, and this comes out of Wesley, you know, the, you know, the 18th century band meetings that Wesley developed the discipleship structures. And I share about this more in depth in my Marks of a Movement book, but it begins with the, there were simple questions and it begins with the question, how is it with your soul? And I love that. Like there's a regular, how many pastors and how many staff are asked every week, how is it with your soul? And how many, how many Christians actually have an opportunity to be asked that question, be able to bear their souls with others? And I tell people the story, when the pandemic hit, I'm actually in one of these little discipleship soul care groups, if you will. There's four of us. And what's amazing is um, we met for the first time face-to-face last week. And when, when the whole pandemic hit, we just went to Zoom. Um, Several of the guys in my group are kind of, you know, older, you know, retired seminary leaders. I mean, they're, they're kind of like Gandalfs, you know, that are kind of, I, I get the blessing of, of these leaders kind of pouring into me. But we just kind of immediately went to Zoom. We haven't missed a single week um, in the past year because of the size of that dynamic. And each week that has, for the last four years, that little group has been one of the means of grace that God has used to sustain my own personal life. Uh, Mark and I's relationship is another great example. I mean, we literally talk every day, even though we've got this geographic distance. I think at the end of the day, we're talking about relationships. Pastors and leaders need support in relation. Christians more than ever before, regardless of where you serve, um, we need vital, healthy rhythms, but we also connected to that as healthy relationships. So I think highlighting that relational aspect is extremely important. Mm-hmm. So you're describing for a church staff. So I'm assuming in the question for me, it assumes, you know, there's multiple people on the church staff. Um, so it's a mid-sized to large church. And so you're <clears throat> advocating for um, having the staff in in conversation, in connection, apart from the daily task list and asking deep reflective questions of, of each other to, to check in on how they're doing, how their soul is, um, where their emotions are at, you know, challenges, struggles, celebrations, those types of things. Is there, is there another kind of, um, you know, the term keystone habit or kind of go-to practice you feel is helpful for church staff and maybe describe describe that in about 60 seconds if you can. Yeah, so again, I think, uh, you know, in, integrate that into the business meeting of the staff to where there's a check. How is it with your soul? How are we doing guys? You know, and, and, and actually integrate that into it. Um, the rule of life, go through that together on a staff retreat. Um, the daily, you know, we call it, you know, daily reflections built around the daily examined where you're encouraging everyone in your staff to be healthy and to develop these rhythms in their own personal life. And again, if everyone's going through it, again, the book, 
you know, it's like 120 pages. We give really practical resources. If you're having everyone on your team go through annually a rule of life that's updated and developing these healthy rhythms to where they're all asking these questions, they're developing these rhythms together that are unique to each of them, then it gets into the ecosystem of the church. And then it's not just the pastor that's healthy, but it's the whole leadership team that's healthy. That's really how we kind of create holistic, um, sustainable, long-term change. That's great. Well, I want to help people see how they can get a hold of the book. And um, I love the book cover. Um, as you guys are talking about all these um, uh, surfing and the pictures by the ocean, the ebb and flow rule of life. Um, you guys have really captured that in the book cover uh, for Healthy Rhythms for Leaders. But I want to encourage everyone to grab hold of uh, a digital copy or print copy of this book uh, that releases today. You can grab that at exponential.org slash healthy rhythms. Uh, the digital download is $3.99. It's right there on exponential.org, healthy rhythms. But if you want a print copy on that page, there's a link to where you can find that on Amazon. If you if you like the analog version of the book, um, but we have those available for you for your um, for Apple Books, for Kindle, all the places, a PDF version, if you just pull it up on a computer, but also the print copy. So, um, so grateful for Mark and for Winfield's work on this book. I know it's going to impact a lot of um, leaders as you start to, you know, even the subtitle, How to Cultivate Soul Care in Challenging Times. And I want to encourage you, if you're if you're a point leader in a local church, a uh, church planter, and you're pulling together a core team, or maybe you're a ministry leader, and you just have a heart, um, and you're seeing uh, people within your ministry longing for healthy rhythms, or, and just wanting to build a culture, kind of a, as Winfield said, an ecosystem of healthy rhythms and healthy practices for leaders to be engaged more faithfully in mission. Uh, buy, buy several editions and put, put a copy in each of your leader's hands um, to begin so that you guys can have um, reflective and deep conversations about how to build these healthy rhythms in your setting, in your context, and in your culture. Um, and Mark and Winfield have done a great job of just uh, giving practical uh tips and a direction on how to engage uh, these practices and these rhythms for your own life. And then if you want to go even further in uh, the missional formation coaching that Winfield and Mark are leading, there's information in the book and the visual guide that we've released on how uh, to do that. And even getting the book will give you a discount code if you ever want to jump in to some of their courses and coaching. So um, Mark Winfield, we've got a couple of minutes left. Uh, um, thank you for just joining us today for this book tour. We're excited about releasing this book and it just the impact it's going to have in people's lives. Love the interaction with our audience and the questions um, they've been throwing in for us today. But just if you guys could take a few seconds, um, Mark, I'll let you go first and then Winfield, if you'll kind of wrap up, just kind of a, 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 a kind of a, a sense of a blessing or an encouragement to our leaders. I know we've all been going through um, there's hope coming, um, obviously, but uh, I mean, just talking to some church leaders yesterday of hard decisions they had to make for their church context. And um, so there's still a lot of heaviness that we're walking through. And so I know as you guys are engaged in coaching leaders, um, love to, for you just to leave our audience with the word of encouragement and blessing as we wrap up today. So, Mark, I'll let you go first and then Winfield, you can wrap up. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. 
uh, Jason. Uh, I mean, a word of encouragement is there are more Christians in the world than there's ever been. Christianity around the world is growing. The church is growing. It's just growing in a different way. And it's, it's growing in a, in a more democratized way. It's, um, it's less... Um, it's, we're, we're in a participatory age. And, and with that, again, we talk in the book about a realistic hope. But I just encourage people to, to look through what's going on from a, from a lens of, of a hopeful lens and just dive into what Jesus said, dive into what Scripture reveals, dive into what the church has learned and use that. And in your personal life, when you feel that funk, that heaviness, that oppression, just know that you, you are special and you are chosen. And, and you're here to make a difference. And uh, yeah, and yeah, that's, that's, that's all I have to say, you know, it's just that sense of realistic hope. And uh, if you, anything we've said today moves you, you would like to talk to us, just reach out. We always love a conversation. So. Thank you, Mark Winfield. That's good. Yeah, I think, um, again, that's something we just deeply resonate with this idea of you know, we need to be, have a hopeful, you know, vision of the future, but be realistic at the same time. You know, I've used the language in some of our previous um, shows that we've done. Uh, you know, this has been a season of disruptive grace. I know it's been challenging, uncertain. I mean, man, it's, you know, this past year has just revealed some fault lines um, around the world, especially here in North America. But in, in the midst of that, God is, God oftentimes will disrupt to help us get back on track and to find healthy rhythms. And I see this as, as a gift of a season and an opportunity to really get healthy. And we can all get there. And I think that's our heart and our passion. We want to support leaders and we want to come alongside and help, um, help leaders thrive in this season. Um, you can get to health, you can get to thriving. Jesus loves you. He's there. We love you. Uh, we want to help you thrive. I think it's really our heart. Um, if you want to connect with us, Missional Formation Coaching. Um, again, you know, Mark and I are actually here. We, we, we're interactive. Schedule a call with us uh, if you have questions about the book or any of the training or any things that we're doing. More than anything, we want to be guides. We want to be helpful. We want to be a blessing. So, uh, feel free to reach out to us. Anything we can do to help you. Don't burn out. Um, don't give up. I think we'll end with that note. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Um, the Lord is with us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And um, he's given us a great gift of friendship and the community of faith. And so press into all those good things. And we'll, we'll, we'll see what God has in store for all of us in the coming months and years. We're hopeful. Um, that that God is 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 doing a new thing in our day, and the church will emerge in every age. The church has lived through pandemics, through trials and struggles. This, what we've experienced in this last year, is is nothing new. If you look at the history of the church, and the church has always emerged stronger and healthier. And God does a new thing, and I think that's I think we're in the midst of a new thing that the Lord's doing. And I know there's a lot of challenge, but we genuinely are very hopeful in what God is doing in this day. So be blessed. We love you. We just speak a word of encouragement over you. 
And we just invite you to just stay in touch. Um, feel free to reach out if you have questions. Um, and God bless. Thanks, thanks for hosting us and, and having us today, Jason. We're excited to publish. Phil, Mark, thank, yeah, thank you for the conversation today. Thank you for your work and your vision for this book, Healthy Rhythms for Leaders, and uh, just um, your heart to impact leaders and help them be healthy um, so we can see the mission of Jesus advance. So we thank you for everyone who's tuned in today. It's been a great conversation. Be sure to pick up your copy of Healthy Rhythms for Leaders at exponential.org, Healthy Rhythms. So have a great day, guys.